Oh, well. All right. It's over. Stanley Cup handed out. Couple beautiful moments there. Um, let's go around. Josh and Jason join me, as always. Best moments from the, the Stanley Cup presentation there. Just the Tampa Bay getting the cup and not having to watch any other team. That was a big brain comment, Josh. <laughs> Wait, what? What did you say? I didn't want Montreal to win is okay. what I'm trying to say. Okay. I'm just happy seeing that the Tampa you Bay picked Montreal. I got a I he, he reverse jinx there. I have a couple good ones. First of all, very happy for Steven Stamkos. I know he played and scored that crazy goal in last year's cup final. But, you know, it, it's got to feel different last year, you know, lifting the cup after not really playing. This year, you know, he really played. He was a big part of it. Scored a lot of big goals, a lot of momentum-changing goals in a, in a all pretty much every series. Um, it's got to feel good for him. Got to feel good for the city of Tampa, who last year got to watch their team and not get to celebrate. And this year, you know, like they did get at least a boat parade. That I know, was cool. but it's the, being in the building. Like that's it's just the Canada, perfect start. Oh Those man. players deserve it too. After ho- hoisting the cup in front of nobody, they get to come. A, they get to win back-to-back, which is freaking awesome. It's so hard to do that And in you the had NHL. a good fact about it, too. Yeah, I did. You'll get to that one. And then just for the fans, like, good for Tampa, honestly. Like, yep. tip your cap. They deserve it. They were the best team this year. They were the best team last year. I don't think anyone's putting any asterisks on this. This is no Phoenix Suns-Milwaukee Bucks situation here. Like, nobody's looking at this team and saying, oh, not deserved. This is a legitimate – I'll call it a pre-dynasty because I think you need to win at least three to be called a dynasty. But, like – about as close as we've had it to a dynasty since the Red Wings, I think, in the NHL. I don't include yeah. Chicago personally because it was so spread out, but yeah. Yeah. No, I, I, yeah, that's a good point. I'm going to go with two serious ones now after my Galaxy Brain take. Um, <laughs> uh, first on David Savard, first cup, good for him. Second one, Ross Colton, guy who won it for them. Good stuff. Just, oh, yeah. uh, like just that. good to see. Just good, just good, good to see. Like, I can't imagine the emotions he's feeling after he, by the way, David Savard, primary assist on the goal. So two guys who contributed. Pass. To the, yeah, they were great nasty. pass from McDonough. Great head, little head fake. Gets it over, kicks it over to Savard. I mean, a one nothing Tampa Bay win. Like it's just crazy to think they won so many close, low scoring games. And like you think of this team as a, an offensive juggernaut team, they have so many offensive weapons, but they won so many games which is close scoring. And it just brings out the fact that they also have, on top of their ability to score, they have a ton of guys that are very, very good defensively, defensively responsible as well. Ryan McDonough is a fan. Ryan McDonough is their top shutdown. What a stud that guy is. He's their top shutdown defensive defenseman, and he can also put the puck in the net too. Secondary assist. He, he had a couple points in these finals at least. Yeah. Right? On top of that, David Savard, Eric Cernak, that third line is just an, a beast of a shutdown line, and they score goals on top of that. I mean, just like incredible team. But from the the Stanley Cup presentation, um, my brother grew up playing with them. Jamel Smith be getting to be on the ice, getting that cup. I mean, that was awesome. Tobacco Canucks alumni. That was awesome to see that one there. Um, but Stammer just being like Stammer getting to be a part of the cup run. That was awesome as well. Um, and Patty Maroon, three-time cup champion. What a guy. What a stud. That guy is going to get. I would not encourage anyone on planet Earth, unless you're Russian, to try and keep up with that guy tonight drinking. Like, he's just going to get so drunk. The big rig. He does hockey, not school. 
<laughs> Look that quote up. That's a beauty of a quote from him. Um, yeah, so let's uh, – damn. The cup presentation, doesn't matter who it's going to, doesn't matter what kind of series it was, is always so special awesome. just to see these little guys and, like, the guys get the cup there. I mean, we got former Leaf Chris Gibson. You probably forget him. He was in the – he was traded with Carter Verhage for uh, – Grabner. Michael Grabner. What about McElhaney? McElhaney. Luke, Luke Shen. Shen. Like, a couple former Leaf Buttes. And as you were going to say, the first team to win at home since 2015, the Chicago Blackhawks, over the Tampa Bay Lightning. Interesting. So. And small small question. What what are the requirements to get your name on the cup, by the way? How many games do you have to play in the season? Three. Uh, you have three three games in the former playoffs, I believe. Former Leaf, Andreas Borgman, has his name now on the cup. No, it's not. It's in the playoffs. Oh, he's playoffs. playing the playoffs? Uh, yeah. Oops. So Borgman would have got the cup as well, I think. He's probably not dressed, yeah. but there's another one. Damn. <laughs> all the Leafs players making up all the depth of because they don't you can get you'll get a ring it just they have a certain amount of names names. on the yeah yeah, sorry they give the rings to everyone but um let's get into it um game thought five thoughts i mean what'd you guys think about this very low event game probably the lowest event game of the series so far of the playoffs (laughs) yeah it wasn't wasn't great again I, i just felt like montreal again was a little sloppy tonight same as last game like Again, took way too many penalties, especially early on. The, luckily, their penalty kill was still really good. But it's also like you're taking away opportunities for to score yourself when you're in the box all the mm-hmm. time, right? There was one really important play in this game that I want to highlight. It's right after Tampa's goal, after Ross Colton's goal. I want to say it was two or three minutes after. Montreal had a two-on-one with Josh Anderson and Cole Caulfield. And with the speed that Anderson took that puck wide... Vasilevsky almost completely commit to the shot, committed to the shot, and if he was able to slide that puck like across the ice to Caulfield, that's hundred percent a goal. He just wasn't able to do it, unfortunately, and that's like the dichotomy of Josh Anderson, right? And then he had a breakaway later, and he couldn't finish either. Like, it's tough because you know you got to give him credit. He he played really hard tonight. I thought he got hurt too, came back luckily, good for him, but. Oh, a little uh, little little celebration in the podcast room, but um. That's just a like that's the type of player he is, right? He's very hit or miss. Last game you got the good with the two goals. This game really like almost I think any other player would have had the foresight on the two on one to side that puck to Caulfield. He's just not that type of player. He's a very head down, straight line player. And not that it cost him tonight, but it's just it's just an interesting thing to keep following, right? We like talking about Josh Anderson, the good and the bad. You gotta give him credit for the good, knock him on the bad, but it's just crazy how the games can swing off those little plays like that. He seems to be a part of a lot of those swing plays. That's all. Yeah, he oh, see, yeah. he seems like a, almost like a he remind like he he's not like he's kind of like Cap Kapanen for like Leafs fans like Kapanen or like Mikhaev. Yeah, like in the in the sense of like how how much he like I think he's better than both those guys. I'll give him credit with that. But yeah, he is. He's better than Kapanen. Yeah, yeah, I think so. Um, I think he just shoot better than Kapanen. Kapanen just I don't know if he'll ever be able to shoot. Anyways, um. It's it's interesting though because like the, the, we're talking about the good and the bad with Anderson. It's almost like we only get three good games of Anderson this Cup series and or sorry the Stanley Cup playoffs and twenty or sorry nineteen nineteen games of him not doing yeah. well. So it's like what do you what do you? He think? reminds Anyways. me like this is like a weird cross sport comparison. It's like a McCole Hardman type in in the NFL. If you yeah. follow football, it's like very much a. If he's on, he, he's scoring an eighty-yard touchdown. Yeah. But there's like five games in a row he doesn't do anything. Yeah. Yeah. That's kind of like the type of comparison you'd see there. Yeah. 
I agree. Interesting yeah. stat about uh, Josh Anderson. He has one assist in his last 36 games. Wow. That's one so, thing. We pointed that out, though. Like, the first game, I think it was after the second game against Montreal. Not, I think I said it. I was like, he never passes. And he really doesn't pass. Like, Yeah. But, yeah, anyways. Um, I, also, with the Vasilevsky thing, I wonder how much of that is him doing his homework fully committing 100%. to a shot. 100%. Like, that's just, exactly what it is. He's just, a thousand percent. Yeah. <laughs> it's Josh Anderson. Josh Anderson. Just <laughs> he's not going to pass the puck. But um, with him, like, he generates so many changes because he's big. He's fast. Yeah. Like he the can physical the tools well. are immaculate. Like yeah. Those but are like first-round like, physical tools you look yeah. for, right? Yeah. You, you can't teach in between the years, right? <clears throat> no. No. Hopefully, yeah. Montreal really needs him to figure it out because, mm-hmm. I mean, this is the first year of a five-and-a-half by seven, and he put up less than a half point per game, Like, and you don't pass the puck. Like, You just know guy, peop, other teams are going to game plan around that. And you really need a guy like that to be able to do more for him to play more because he, what was he, ninth in ice time on, amongst forwards last game? Probably something similar. He this only game. played like in the whole playoffs. He, before this game, I don't know how much he played tonight. He's at 1425 time on ice. That's third line minutes. Yeah. That's like, that's what Makaya was playing. So, should we release a shirt that says, We hate Josh Anderson? No, honestly, <laughs> no we're not trying thing. to it's run. Not, it's, he's not a bad player. Yeah. Like, there's a useful spot for that guy in anyone's lineup because he can skate. And that, that, is a skill that's never going to go bad on you in the NHL until you can't skate anymore. Yeah. But like he's just inconsistent. As long as you can accept that, it's tough though. You don't want a guy inconsistent at five and a half million, yeah. right? Yeah, absolutely. Um, back to uh, what we thought of the game, though. I'm gonna I'm gonna transition us back here. You had some I, notes or what? Uh, a, a few notes. Most of the just I, I felt like this was absolutely. I think the lowest again, like event game of the playoffs. Yeah. I was thinking as I was watching in the first period, it was insane. Montreal. Like Tampa Bay had like a lot, like quite a few shot attempts, but not many too too many of quality. Montreal yeah. had five shot attempts. Two of them were not even in their in the offensive zone. They were yeah. in from the That's neutral. Shot zone. attempts. They had four, four shots, shots on goal. Yeah, two of the only only had two shots on goal in the offensive zone, which is first period. Yeah, and it, it's it's some it's one of those things where um, we talked about it la- after last game, and we we said that the lineup was not as good as the first three games. It wasn't. Like the, the the that even though they won in game four, the lineup they put out would just wasn't as good, and they stuck with it again because they won, and it's just I just think that was an incorrect decision from Detroit. I don't know I don't know how much he could have done. Like you had like we said before, we talked about Kuk and Yemi and and uh, Tatar, and those are guys who in a one nothing game could maybe provide some offense with you and help you win, but they they didn't get that. And it's just it's just just a little. Left some things to be desired, I think, um, for, sure. for me. For sure. And, I mean, yeah, my thoughts on this game kind of stunk. Bit of a snooze fest. Yeah. We got a couple, like, they weren't even, like, that great of saves from both goaltenders. Yeah. Like, the shots were, what, 30 to 20? Like, I don't know. Montreal had the one good chance from Caulfield where he went, uh, tried to put it he up did. under the yeah, bar. That was close. That was nasty, yeah. Which was funny because right before that, I said, like, right before that, I opened my mouth. I said, has Montreal even gotten a shot on the power play? So that's my dad. And, then and I went to go look it up, and then bang, bang, they got a couple <laughs> good chances. Those were their only good chances, and Caulfield hit the crossbar there. So, yeah. you know, the opposite will happen when I open my mouth, no matter how calculated or historically based it is, the yeah. opposite will happen. Yeah. 
but uh, that's funny because I did I did something similar after the first period. I made a couple notes. One of the notes was that I didn't like. I thought I, this is kind of like a series note, but it, I noticed it a lot in the first period. Was that I don't think that the Stamkos, Colton, Sorelli uh, line was as effective as they should be, and I felt like they were lacking a little bit more in the first period. And I, and I made a note to like mention it on the podcast that hey, like I think this line needs to step up because I I didn't know what the outcome of the game was going to be, obviously, and ha- by happenstance game winning goal ross colton from yeah. that that exactly that line and what a what a great play uh he made and I, even though missing I, I really think killorn was the play driver on the sorelli and uh stamkos line good good for ross colton for stepping up and filling those shoes as, as well as he did he's it's a, it's a big role to ask and he did well and the, i still think that line could have been a little bit better but he did play well he got a goal uh, there's nothing else to say other than that score and one, one, the game. one thing I wanted to add, when you look at that goal, that's just a pure, like, talk about, like, size battle, right? You got Joel Edmondson in front, who's been pretty good for Montreal in the playoffs, let's be honest. Mm-hmm. Like, uh, like solid enough. Yeah. 6'4", 215. You got Ross Colton, who's listed at 6 feet. I don't know if he even is 6 feet. And he's listed at 6 feet, 180. And he absolutely bodies Joel Edmondson out of the way, gets positioned in front, puts that stick on the ice. It's a one one nothing hockey game, and they never looked back after that. I so. think they showed a, a replay of in the corners where he did the same thing. He was just getting better leverage yeah, than exactly. Joel Edmondson and was able to beat him on the puck battles like that. So it's an interesting thing to note. Like Leverage will beat size. Absolutely. If you don't get the better leverage, then there you go. Physics, exactly. But um, One other thing I just wanted to quickly point out about Tampa Bay. It, it happened again tonight. The forward who played the most five on five minutes tonight for the actually okay he got i just saw it updated he's got second most was yanni gord and i do not think there is a forward that john cooper trusted more in this playoffs in any situation than yanni gord he also led their team throughout the whole playoffs in five on five time on ice for forward so yeah, there's no wasn't, chance he goes anywhere it I wasn't think. point it wasn't kutrov wasn't stamkos well palat was close but he's a like he is I don't know how to compare it to another player on another team, but he's the guy that, like, you know what? doesn't matter. You don't have to necessarily score a ton of goals, but go out and play your game. And John Cooper, in any situation, against any team, against any player, Barkov, against Ajo, against Deneau this series, which was a great adjustment that he made, it didn't matter. He was great throughout the playoffs. That's, like, my one guy I want to point out. He obviously... Can't get Con Smythe trophy love because of how good the other guys were. But if I had to make like a top four, it'd be Vasilevsky, Kucherov, Point, and I'd have Gord, Gord or McDonough, four and five. Those are the two guys I think probably fall one one ring below the like one hundred percent an unsung hero. Exactly, mm-hmm. exactly. Yeah. unsung yeah. peer of the of the playoffs. In the playoffs, in order to win, you always hear that you need those depth guys to step up, and I mean he was awesome. Can you even consider him depth? For no, that's the other thing. Played? It's like, how is he a depth guy? Because he's a he scored thirty goals in the regular season. He's had a sixty point year. Like, but Tyler Johnson's a depth guy. He had like yeah. seventy two points. I know, one it's crazy. It's just, like, again, it's crazy thing that money can buy you. <laughs> the depth on that team is crazy because their depth is like first or second liners on a lot of other teams. So exactly, like, it's just absolutely insane. But um, I want to point out, I don't have it in front of me right now oh, i'm looking at the wrong team so that would help that would it would help if i was looking at the correct team but what i wanted to look into was a talking to the mic you muppet uh b was uh philip Deneau 
talked a lot about him recently. He finished the series one goal for, one goal against when he was on the ice at five on five. I mean, that's not bad. That's pretty good. It's not bad. Like, you do need goals from other guys. I mean, how many how many games did they get shut out this one? The problem was they almost, like, were they just took him out of the game totally because they put Gord on that, and it was almost like, just let's open it up for everyone else, right? Yeah, they... John Cooper did a fantastic job with his matchups. There was in in the games where he was able to, especially with um, with when Tampa Bay had the home ice, right? So, well, because it's like you don't want to put your fourth line up against there. Like you can't put an ineffective line no. against, against the nose line because they could still score, right? But when you put another checking line against them, and no offense to Montreal, as much as they have a very depth oriented team where they like to roll four lines, it's very clear that. Th- the rest of those three lines were overmatched by either the point line or the Sorelli. Even though the Sorelli line wasn't terrific, like it it just opened up so much ice for the other guys compared to playing against Deneau, right? So I thought it was a really effective strategy by John Cooper. Oh, yeah. Deneau was good again, though, mm-hmm. I thought. Deneau's number one matched forward. Number one, Yanni Gore. Yep. Number two, Blake Coleman. Number three, Barkley Goudreau. And that's a yeah. concerned effort from the coach to make that happen. And, like, again, not to bring everything back to the Leafs, but... We didn't even think about it, but man. Try. Yeah, but okay, I, yeah, yeah. No, there's nothing. They they did it not do a good enough job of getting the top guys away from the best shutdown. They ignored it. I mean, yeah, they but did you want that wanna, facet of the game? Do you want to start Pierre Engvall, Ilya yes. Mikhaev, and yes. Pierre Engvall? Okay, yeah, fair. yes, okay. Because yes. literally nothing will happen on the ice. Yeah, fair. And then you get a better matchup, more favorable matchup for Austin Matthews. So even if you ended up doing the Kerfoot Nylander line against the more like. They yep. can hold their own. It's yep. not like we're getting I mean, dummied. Yeah, yeah Nylander scored like two or th- two goals against. I think two, two or so yeah. against him. But whatever. But it is what it is. We're we're at the end here. They're showing us all the overtime goals that Montreal scored against Toronto. Some sad leaves. Uh, one fans. thing I will say again, like credit to Montreal, man. It was a great run. I hope their fans really enjoyed that. Like I'm glad they got to get one win fun. at home as well. I their mean, their downtown looked a lot of like a yeah, lot of fun. Uh, it's credit to them. Like it's always good to have up. like a little bit of a Cinderella team once in a while. You know, it reminds you of like New Jersey when they may not went on that run as well. Oh, like, Oh yeah. How sustainable this will be for them. Maybe that's a topic we'll get into in a little bit. But a couple guys I want to shout out for Montreal. Obviously, Philip Deneau I thought was terrific. I mean, Carey Price, like, it sucks that it seems like he's probably never going to win a cup. You know? <laughs> I don't know how you, like, I don't know how you get closer than you did this year. But he was terrific throughout the playoffs. He, We were doubting him going into the Leafs series, right? Like, oh, yeah. he was not good this year. And he was really good in the playoffs. So good for him. And then, I mean, man. How 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 about a, a rival on scene for Cole Caulfield? Like good for him. He has he, he has done the nothing combo in the regular of him season. And Suzuki. It's gonna be terrific for them for years it's to come. Be really, so. really good. And they have Suzuki on an entry level deal next year, and then Caulfield on an entry level deal for three more years. I, or sorry, two. Two because he gets one because it burns. One. But still, I mean that's terrific. I'll take that all day. And so. then on top of that, you have Toffoli in there as well. He was injured this on year. On a great so contract. Stunk. But four and a half, four point two five for three years. That's terrific. For three more years, like that's an awesome deal as well. Jeff Petrie is aging, but he's a fantastic defense. They have some pieces there, but you're gonna have to do some retooling. It's gonna be have, interesting this offseason. It'll off be interesting to replicate what they had here, in my opinion. I mean, am I crazy to say that? Like, no, absolutely not. Absolutely not. We'll get into no. that though. They do have some good big free agents as well yeah. that they have to address. 
but overall thoughts on this series. Um, it went exactly as we expected, kind of. Yeah. Let's Who be was honest. your favorite player on Montreal? I thought Carey Price by the end of it, it was like, man, he's still really good. Like last last uh, podcast, we were saying he was up and down. I thought he was really good tonight, man. Like, I thought he was I, uh, not up and I thought he was decent going the, up, and that was when he had an eight thirty save percentage. Like I really think he was probably their best player still, which is kind of yeah. kind of crazy. But no offense, their forwards kind of were disappointing. They pointed out in the intermission through two periods, the only guy who had more than one shot on goal was Arturi Lekkinen. Like, that's not good enough. I'm sorry. That's just not. No, no. And no. again, that that style they played got them up into that point, which was good. But you can't style, out-style or out-system this Tampa team. We've seen it. No. Dallas tried. Islanders tried. Like, teams have tried. It's They, they can play any type of hockey. And I exactly. think this was a great series to show that, you know what, Tampa's skilled, which they are 100%. But they also can beat you in any way. They are defensively sound, which I don't think people talked about, right? Like, you know, Vegas was the team that was going to be defensively sound and cycle the puck. I thought Tampa had a way better, like, success rate cycling against yeah. Montreal than Vegas did. Going back to what you were saying about the systems real quick, I wanted to bring up, I had a note, I don't know if I mentioned it before, but as you were saying, Montreal was really trying to focus on those systems, those line matches and everything, and it did cost them at one point, like, directly game three Tampa Bay's third goal did no notice that he wasn't on the ice with his proper line matchup they're at home too so you're able to easily more easily line match and Deneau got off the ice Montreal made a bad change Tampa Bay was able to transition and they scored off of it too so just kind of um poetic justice yeah. if you will I, I hope I use that word right but no, that, that's that's yeah yeah Again, also, the thing we talked about Montreal, when they get down, they can't come back. They scored mm-hmm. eight goals in five games. That's yeah. not enough. Yeah. That's just not enough. Yeesh. Right? That's not great. So, one guy I do want to shout out, not just because we went to high school with him, but Jake Evans after that absolutely dirty hit by Shifley. Mm-hmm. The fact that he was able to come back and be a contributor, play in the playoffs, I thought game four, their line was pretty good. I think Jason had some good stats, and we didn't mention it in the podcast, the Evans line. Oh, yeah. I, I, I forgot what it was. They sure. were, like, their best line that yeah. game in terms they, of, like, driving play. So, shout out to him. Like, that was something you, you're just happy to see after. I mean, that Shifley hit was a joke. Completely like, knocked out. Just like, an yeah. absolute joke of a hit. But yeah. being able to come back and play. So, I was yeah. happy for him. Yeah, the, I, 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 just, uh, I just remember what it was. It was that it's not like they had crazy ex- expected goals for numbers or expected goals against, but they actually won – the expected goals for battle, and the, I think they suppressed a lot of chances. They had like point zero nine expected goals. It's only one game, small sample, whatever. Um, but yeah, like just being able, like they, they, like I know I was trashing on the line, uh, the lineups a little earlier. That was one thing that was successful was the that third line that they created, third line, I don't know, whatever, whatever you want to call that line of uh, Evans, uh, Evans, Lekkinen. Byron and Lekkinen. Yeah, uh, yeah, they they were successful at just creating nothing they were like similar to the gourd line to a lesser extent yep. but for montreal so yeah just yep. would be nice to tweak around that line because it creating that little shutdown line worked um yeah uh my favorite player though because just to leap back to that of this series for montreal was uh nick suzuki i just think he was uh, yeah sorry he was good <laughs> I, that's why i wanted to jump in and get it. I, I really liked i've liked him throughout this whole playoff run he's a really good player and it's like if you're vegas how much are you kicking yourself trading this guy instead of cody glass because you probably Obviously, it's it's hard to say now. Uh, honestly, I liked all three of the prospects they took in that draft: Glass, Suzuki, and Brandstrom. Yeah, 
But I would that. say I Joe can check me on this because he remembers when we were we were watched the prospects pretty closely for that draft. Mm-hmm. I thought it Suzuki was better than Glass and then Brandstrom, but close. They were all like yeah. I would say when we ranked it, I think they were all ranked between like fifth and eighth. Like they were all very close for me. Yeah, Brandstrom was either very low on your list or very high. No, he, he was, was high. I had boom. him high. Well, no, like on typical oh, list. Oh, typical list. He yeah. was a very boomer bust player. Which prospect. he's kind of turned out to be that type of player. Like um, we don't know. He looks like he could be good, but he yeah. could also Nick Suzuki put up a lot of points that year. However, some people weren't in love with his skating and he was a bit of a smaller player, so yeah. some idiots had him lower. Uh, and then Cody Glass, I think, was generally in that top eight sort of area there like all three solid picks and it was like wow like vegas has a lot coming up everything's coming up vegas couple young three young players that might be able to contribute pretty soon and they traded two of them and i mean they're not playing one of them would it be so out of this realm that they trade cody glass for and if you break it down the reason the reason they kept cody glass he's the first one they picked so he's obviously the one they value the highest it's not that complicated But also, again, a team that needed centers that badly, like, how do you not give that guy more of a run? I know he got hurt in December, but even before then, he was not an every-game player. No. I think only 26 games this year, 10 points. I would make like, a concerned effort to get that guy a lot of minutes this year. Yeah. Oh, yeah. If not, again, trade him for, like, whatever. Because you made a concern, a concerted effort. To keep him over the other guys. No, also to make Chandler Stevenson a yeah. first-line center. Yeah. Like, if you have that much faith in just Chandler Stevenson, you're guy you traded for a fifth round pick that has been proven to be okay i guess and not cody glass i mean it's a little bit odd to me but i don't know like either in my opinion with vegas it's strange because either you play him first line they're not going to break up that second line for whatever reason it seems like well they shouldn't it's a good line it's a very good line but then what are you gonna play him third line with like i don't know Alex Tuck. No, create him. something so, yeah. sustainable with that. Get yeah, another good help. winger because you like you're gonna make you're gonna add to your team. Obviously, you know disappointing upset loss to Montreal. Create a Tuck Glass and someone else line. That's looks sounds like a great top nine to me. You don't need to add more on D. They love they love getting churning their defense, adding new guys all the time. Get a legitimate. You know, there's a ton of wingers out there. Gra- you know, grab someone like even a I can always bring this guy up, but Brandon Saad could fit on any team in this league. Yeah, so. Someone like that. Maybe a little a little lesser version. Maybe it's a Grandland instead. That'd be a good line. Be fantastic. So But I want Grandland in Toronto. I know you do. I think you really very good net front player. I think he could really complete the power play. We call we'll describe him as crafty. We'll talk about him going forward. In front of the net. Very crafty. Oh yeah. This has got to be the toughest interview. The post game. Post game, uh, post cup, veteran guys. Oh yeah, odd, odd, odd choice of. I'm uh, just gonna describe this. Carey Price is wearing a black suit, black tie. It looks like he's at a funeral, right, a funeral right now, which is what what I can only assume what he wore to this game. So I wonder if he knew this was coming. Yeah. <laughs> so you funeral to his cup chance. You liked uh, you like Suzuki in this series. Um, I I'll go with Cole Caulfield, no yeah. problem. I mean, mm-hmm. he's a he's a threat out there. I mean, there are he's a one guy. He's got attributes attributes to his game where you could go. Damn, Cole Caulfield stinks. I haven't noticed him all game. And then he'll score because he's a very skilled player. It's like almost anti-Montreal from what they currently have yeah. available there. Which is why he fits so well, right? Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. I, just, um, I expect him to be scratched in the next two seasons. Oh, come on. <laughs> but also, you got to hand it to Montreal going off that joke there. I, I, I also expect him to be traded to Florida. Or something. <laughs> then we can be like, yeah, I like Cole Caulfield, but... 
Can I point out one thing? What was the over-unders you set? It was, will Kucherov have over-under five points in the series, right? Yeah. That, and he had exactly five. Good over And for Caulfield, was it over-under three points? Three or four, something like that. Three. He had, exactly, three. he had exactly three. Wow. I'm a genius. Let's go. Did, how many goals he had? He had zero, zero goals, right? Zero, yeah. Shoot. I didn't even base this. Yeah, right here. Tampa Bay power play scores more than four goals in the series. Kucherov will, puts up more than five points in this series. And Cole Caulfield over under one and a half goals, oh, over under three and a half three and a half points. Yeah, you were right on it. Look wow. at this guy. He's a sharp. I didn't even look at anything for that. Sheesh. Will John Cooper keep points line away from Deneau's line? Oh, he did he ever. Oh, my God. You had a, a good, genius. You, you, I mean, <laughs> these need to be clipped. Like, like listen to us, guys. <laughs> not Damn. me. Listen to Joe. That's not a bad Sorry. one. All right. Um, moving on, going back to my current notes. So we got into uh, where does Tampa Bay go from here? Okay, that's interesting. That's, uh, so obviously it's tough to do this after you win a cup, like give them a little room to breathe. But as we know, they do not have a great cap situation. When I say no. not great, I mean they have no cap I already space. know what they, they're going to do. Yeah. You ready? They're going to cheat. Yeah, probably. But even John Cooper, it's kind of crazy that he acknowledged it in his post-game interview. He said, I'm paraphrasing here, but it was something along the lines of, you know, we didn't say it publicly, but we knew in the room that a lot we're not going to be able to keep this team together going forward it's which is true he said you know guys like mcdonough and maroon were trying to emphasize like you know let's win it for this group because like it's going to be hard. like it's basically impossible to keep us together yeah. which is true we'll start with the two obvious ones which is that barkley goudreau and blake coleman are i would say 99 percent sure gone so those guys are deservedly going to get Massive paydays under yes. free agency. Yes, I think Coleman. I, I I was talking to Jason about this. I think he's a, you're looking at around five AAV. Yeah, and, and and this is sorry to interrupt. This is a guy who's only made six million dollars in his career. So he's going to get his paid. career. He's so going to get. He's going to make a lot of money. In this I think, and I think, and he deserves it. He's going to be one of the five most coveted free agents. That's my Absolutely. bold prediction. Absolutely. I'm not saying the five highest AAVs, but in terms of interest on the market. Oh yeah. We'll, you'll see on free agent frenzy day whenever that is Bob McKenzie. I'm telling you, he's going to say this guy had a lot of suitors. Barkley Goudreau, a little less prolific because he doesn't score as much, but great oh, two-way player. Going back to Blake Coleman, who do you think gets paid more, Blake Coleman or Zach Hyman? I and think who Zach, would you rather I, so have? So I think Zach Hyman will get a yeah. higher AAV on a shorter term, but I think the overall value of the contract, Blake Coleman will be like five to six million more. Because I think I think Coleman's going to end up with like a six or seven year. I think Hyman's wow. probably going to be a four or five year. Yeah, and and uh, I think the trend, or I don't know if it's the trend, but like I, I know that agents and players prefer like longer deals because they like they prefer the guaranteed money. You never know what's going to happen to a player over four years. They could deteriorate, well, especially at unrestricted happen, free right? agency. Yeah, you want you want to get the bit the largest bag possible, whether that be yeah. forty million dollars over seven years instead of twenty million over th- two or three. Right. So just so yeah. So that's random. So numbers. so those two, and then and then Barkley Goudreau. I think you're looking at like a three to four mil per. Again, maybe on like it, it may end up being one of those like. Three mil, but someone gives them seven or eight years. I wouldn't yeah. be shocked. Like, yeah, like a Dave Poli. Like Colton Sisson. Exactly. No, yeah. exactly. And I think, again, this is the type of guy people are going to love. Like, We've seen it so many times. Two cups in a row for these guys. And these are the guys that they brought in at the deadline. So these were like the integral ads for these cup teams. So, unfortunately, those two guys are going to be gone. You have the expansion draft. The obvious candidate is Tyler Johnson to be taken. Tyler Johnson makes five mil for three more years. Do you think they give up a little bit more to make sure that Seattle takes him? I think there's a good chance of that because he, the other, the, he had the lowest ice time on the team this, this because game. Because the other option would be 
either Eric Cernak or Jan Ruta get picked, and I think they like both those guys quite a Jan bit. Jan Ruta is their sixth defense. Yeah, Jan Ruta less, but he's not. He, but okay, let, who, he's ignore Ruta. How about Cernak then? Because Cernak's available. He's a very good player. They, I think what did he play? Twenty minutes a game in the playoffs. Like this is a legitimate player. Cernak is their one of their top shutdown guys. So that's you know that there's going to be a little bit of an issue there, right? Mm-hmm. And the other thing about Cernak is that. He's got a great contract. He's got two two nine five for two more years. He's almost their Justin Hall deal, right? Like sign him a little early and he's developed nicely. So they are in a bit of a situation with the cap. We'll get into it more. We're gonna have some expansion talk coming up. But and then on top of that, they might need to trade one more guy to become cap compliant. Because that's not gonna be enough to get them under the cap, most likely. I have a crazy take. I don't know if if the world's ready for it. I'm gonna make keep it. Maybe we save it, yeah. Um but there's a couple guys on this list. I, I think for sure the guys that are not going to be available, obviously Kucherov, obviously Point, Yanni Gord, Anthony Sorelli. I don't think any of those guys will be available. So, No. I, I, they're keeping – they're hanging on to Anthony, uh, yeah. Anthony Sorelli. Sorelli sure. and Gord are both like five mil each-ish. And I think Sorelli's 4'8". Gord's at five. Like bridged, those are, yeah. Those those guys aren't going anywhere, right? Yeah, no, so. especially how much we saw Gord get played in this in this these playoffs here. Uh, one thing I wanted to point out also, like just the energy that Goudreau and Coleman bring, you were, you were talking about the numbers that they're going to get. Like, I'm sure every GM saw them just shut down the other team, other teams, pretty much like you put them against any situation, any line on top of that. That's pretty funny. It's a zoom meeting. <laughs> um, but the amount of hits that they threw on top of that, they can skate, they can score, um, you know, Goudreau didn't have the best offensive numbers, but 63 hits in 17 games for Barkley Goudreau for in the playoffs. And then Blake Coleman putting up 79 hits in 22 games. Like, that's a yeah. lot. That's wearing down the other team a lot. The other thing about Blake Coleman, too, is that he can absolutely play on a team's first line, no yeah. problem. Yeah. I th- that's I, why I think... Like in a really Zach Hyman think, kind of role, for you know, sure. Yes. I, I might and re- on top of that, Zach Hyman can't score worth of shit, no. pretty yeah. much. And, Blake Coleman has put up 20 goals in 18, 19, 19, 20, and then this year 14 goals in 2021. 20, yeah. Like, he's a legit terrific. 20, 25 goal scorer, like not playing with Austin Matthews and Mitch Martin. You know what I mean? No, like, he'll do all. it on the third line. The other thing about Goudreau that's good for him, too, though, is he didn't play center a lot in this playoffs, but he could play center, too. I didn't know that. He mm-hmm. played center in San Jose. Mm, interesting. So, oh, yes, that's right. Okay. I, I and was, when injuries happen, he played a little center for Tampa in the regular season as well. So I I I I think Goudreau's a good player, but I, I just worry about his his like uh, point total and offensive play driving. I, I'm worried. I worry for like some GMs who are like watching this playoff run. Maybe he'll give they'll give him too rich of a contract, and it might be one of those that doesn't look as well over time. I mean, I'd rather give Goudreau too much than uh, Luke Glendening. Fair, fair, very, very. Well, they very already fair. gave him too much. So you can't <laughs> you can't take that one back. <laughs> but. I mean. No, has, I get what you mean. It's has, a candidate to be overpaid, right? Yes. Yeah, yeah, but has Barkley Goudreau ever been nominated for a Selkie? Mm. That's what Luke Lindner has nominated. Not you mean voted for? Voted for, sorry. Voted for. I don't know. No, I didn't check not. that one. Probably not, though. Um, Got you there. No. <laughs> but yeah, Tampa Bay, that's a tough situation. But you really know what? If, if there's one person I would trust to do it, it'd be Julian Bruce Julian, yeah, from what he's done so far. For the, sure. The Rink Rat Report GM of the Year. Yeah. Oh, yeah. We're, we're giving it to him. We're giving it to him handedly. We'll have other awards such as um, Woodbridge Ontario Player of the Year or Woodbridge Ontario First um, 
first team all-stars. I love that. Possibly some second team if we have enough of them. <laughs> I don't think we have enough defense to even fill out the first team, but we can we can put some forwards on defense. I did sorry, I did want to add one thing. Although they're losing some depth, I think they're pretty happy with the what they've seen from Ross Colton and Matthew Joseph in these playoffs. And then on top of that, they have Mitchell, Mitchell Stevens, Stevens as well. So like. those are three guys that I think are going to play a lot next year. Oh, yeah. So and it's again, it's Mitchell Stevens is going to bring a lot of speed to yeah. that bot, that depth. He's going to cause some issues for those. And it's also invaluable experience for those guys to get this playoff run. Yeah. Like Ross Colton played most of it. Joseph came in with Kalorn Hardy scored. Like, I mean, or sorry, assisted on that maroon goal. But he's a good player too. Like it's yeah. you know they they got guys in the system. They seem to always have oh, these yeah. guys that. They may not come in at 19, 18, 19, other than like point does that, but some of the guys come in a little later, right? Even like, on top of that, they have Boris Kachuk who could be okay down there. I think he put up a good amount of goals and points this year. And then on top of that, they have uh, Taylor Radish down there as well who could be a depth option. They do a good those job. Those are but, all great players. Yeah. Sorry to interrupt, but those no. are all great players. Like when you think about it, if you were to line match Matthew Joseph, Mitchell Stevens, Ross Colton, say that line, against Wayne Simmons, Jason Spezza, Joe Thornton, like the speed oh, Mitch we'll mismatch crushed. there would just be crushed. absolutely, yeah. it'd be bonkers. But you got to give them credit because one thing we follow the draft very closely, it seems that they've prioritized production, yeah. right? Like, yeah. yeah. And that seems to translate, right? Mm-hmm. People create all these metrics to talk about NHL equivalency scores when you're a prospect, but like the, they, it's not often they make a bad pick. You know what I mean? Like yeah. whenever we watch the draft, it's like, yeah, you know what? Maybe they didn't take, they didn't get an Austin Matthews, but man, like Braden Point in the third round, what a pick! Like Sorelli, you know, he was so good in the Memorial Cup run. Like that's a cool pick, like stuff like that. So yeah. you got to give him credit. And uh, and another guy you guys uh, didn't mention was Alex Barboulet, who is like honestly, I just took Barbe a look. Boulet. I don't know yeah. if I pronounced his name wrong, but he seems like a. They really liked him at the end of the regular yeah. season. They played him a ton. Yeah, uh, Yanni Gord- had the the production to show for it, but that could be a guy to watch next mm-hmm. year and, for sure. And it's their style, you know what, to replace guys within. So I yeah. bet I, I would doubt highly they make any major acquisitions in the offseason, mm-hmm. but I bet they'll give these guys a chance. And at the deadline, if they have to, we'll make another deal and pick someone up. Yeah. Oh, uh, one player that they did miss on uh, Lapanov in the third round. Just because you said they never do. (laughs) They always, every team misses. I'm just saying compared to to other teams. And it was funny because I I still remember vividly someone on Twitter. He was a prospects guy. He does a decent job. But he was saying that uh, the Rangers missed on the, when they traded McDonough and JT, they were saying the Rangers missed on that one. They didn't go after Lepanov. And Lepanov is in like the the cheese toast league right now. (laughs) So just a funny little one. Additionally, to go way too in-depth on Tampa Bay prospects. One guy that I do know that they would have liked to have gotten a little more out of, they had to trade at the deadline. They got only got like a sixth out of him. But and Alex uh, Volkov, I believe, is the name. Alexander Volkov, yeah. Yeah, he, they would have liked to get more out of him. But yeah. like another typical from the AHL, good production down there, looked very promising, couldn't quite crack the lineup. So give him some, uh, an opportunity elsewhere, which was... Kind of nice, but yeah. Any other thoughts on Tampa Bay, where they go from here? What do they do the backup position? Again, Resign McElhaney, yeah, 750 k I don't I go don't. back to McElhaney. So a McElhaney equivalent cheap. Yeah, sure. yeah. just uh, anyone, I guess. Um, but it'll be yeah. interesting. You can't do what they did this year. I mean, McElhaney this year played, what, set, like less than 10 games, right? Mm-hmm. I am... Don't have him up here, but Mackle 
His name is always so hard. He to played say. 12 games. <coughs> like 12 games. Mm-hmm. Okay. But now over an 82-game season next year, do you really want to be playing Andre Vasilevsky 70-some-odd games? I mean, he's played 70 games over the past two years. If you no, can't play the answer is you don't want to. I'm just, but I, but I'm just saying. Yeah, like, he can. But he can I, you obviously want a better backup, him. but they're not going to yeah. burn money on that position. Yeah. No. So it's, so it's going to be a but seven. But it'll be an interesting thing to watch. I don't think they bring McElhinney in. I almost think he retires. He's like 35 right now, 38 years old right now. Jesus. Yeah, he's old. Mio. Um, but so I have a it'll be interesting for you. to see who they bring in there. For Do you sure. think it's an attractive position to somebody like near the end of their career? Because, I mean, you know you're not going to start, but you have a chance to be on our like a cup two-time team. cup winning team. It's so. funny because when a guy in that position always, it's like, oh, a mentor to Andre Vasilevsky. It's like, buddy, well, he doesn't need he's, Vasilevsky he, does not. It, it would need be more of like an along for the ride guy. Like yeah. let's say yeah. Halak was like, I'm not chasing the money. I'll go play there for 900k. How about, how about a guy who's been through a lot in his career, James Reimer? Ooh. No, he doesn't want to go there. Why yeah, not? He, can, he, he maybe can make some money. You think he, he wants, wants to play? So? He wants to play and he wants to make a little bit more money. Fair, fair. And, like, if you go there, like, that's the end of the road. What's James Reimer yeah. going to prove as Tampa's backup? That's true. You could. Hey, you put up some good numbers and you, you get something on the next deal. You yeah. never know. Or even a whole act. It'll be know. interesting, though, to see what Tampa's strategy is going to be. At. Mm-hmm. I don't think Reimer takes it that big of a discount. I think they're obviously going to look for someone – Less than a mil. I yeah. don't think they should bring Mekalini back, do they? We'll see. Do they like Chris Gibson enough? I don't know. I don't. He's not a very. He has no proven NHL seasons. He's a decent AHL goalie, but that'll be something interesting to see. Mm-hmm. I think they'll be looking elsewhere, something yeah. cheap as well. Yeah, that makes but, sense. Yeah. Yeah, interesting cap situation for them. But I still think their core, their core is good, so yeah. they'll be back. Their core is solid. They're yeah. just five million. They're going to the lose cap. David Savard, though, for sure. Yeah. So that, that's yeah, that's another, another one. That's sh- another huge free agent loss yeah. there. They'll have to shed two relatively large contracts and to, just to fill their roster. Yeah, yeah. just uh, two, probably two players who make just five get enough. <laughs> so I don't know if that's yeah. But all right now. The other team in the Stanley Cup final. Much more interesting, I would say. Where does Montreal go from here? Man. I wanted to bring up the fact that next year, free like guys that need to be signed slash could walk. Corey Perry, Yol Armia is a UFA. Phil Deneau is a UFA. Eric Stahl is a UFA. Thomas Tatar is a UFA. And then you have Lekkonen, who's an RFA, at 26. He's just 1995 born. So coming up on that UFA, at the end yeah. of it. And then you're Sperry, Cock, and Yemi, wow. and then John Merrill, Eric Gustafson. You can do whatever with. They're not going to be too much, but it's an interesting situation. Wow. And does Drew, what happens with Drew N, too? Honestly, this may be one of the most interesting teams to follow in the offseason. When you look at their cap situation. I mean, they had a huge offseason last year, and now this year. Because they have cap space again. But it's yeah. more like, are they going to try to keep a lot of these guys, or are they going to try to turn the roster yeah. over? Because I would say two months ago, the likely answer would be they're going to flip this roster on its head. Now, I don't know. I, I really don't know. It's going to be very interesting. When you start looking at expansion, right? You're going to keep Gallagher. You're going to keep Anderson. You're going to keep Toffoli. You're going to probably keep Paul Byron, right? No, you're going to expose him. They put him on waivers a few times. Okay, so maybe they're not going to keep Paul Byron. I mean, Paul Byron at 3.4 for the next two years? I think they like how he played, that's that's all. Yeah, fair. But the only... Yeah. Enough that they they waived him in the regular season. Did they do it maybe because they knew nobody would pick him up at that number? 
Maybe. Maybe. So okay. I, so I, let's. I, sorry, I was just going down the list. We can we can take out Byron. So we got Gallagher, Toffoli, Anderson, Druin. I don't know what the heck happens there. Well, they have to protect him though. Like. Yeah. So then, move. and then you have to protect Cock and Yemi and Lekkonen. He could wave it. You have to protect Cock and Yemi and Cock and Yemi and Lekkonen. And then your last one would be like Jake Evans or Paul Byron. Right or because in my then, opinion they they protect Jake Evans over Paul Byron because the, then the other issue becomes on D do the, do you then go four and four because right now I assume you want to protect Weber Petrie and Edmondson right is that fair to say yes and then Ben Sherratt's exposed I would do, expose Shea Weber I know they wow. would because he's a cap he's the holy captain. hot take city dude he's 35 years old he's a 7.857 cap hit f- until 2526 is that really that hot of a take no yeah, sign till 40 we would do consistently it consistently injured but they're not going to do it Wow, that's why it's so interesting when we balls. start when you start talking expansion. Like what's there's a, so what's there's a so many got balls, dude. It, I don't know. If you're Seattle, do you even take that Shea Weber contract unless you know for sure you can trade it? Because it's like that's seven point eight mil for a thirty five going to like to return, a forty year old, and they won't get the, the oh the capture. Ca- I don't think. Oh, uh, so I believe Nashville has to pay that recapture. Yep. Wow. Wait. Whoa. If he retires, I forgot about that. So yeah, wow. That that's again. This is so interesting for the Holy listeners. Like smokes. this whole expansion thing is just wow. Especially for a team like Montreal. Like, how do you even honestly? Okay, for us to evaluate it is easier than Mark Bergevin, right? They just made the Cup final. Yeah. How are you going to rationalize with your fans that you're letting Ben Chirot be ex- uh, exposed in the expansion draft? He just played 20 minutes a night for you on your top shutdown pairing. He's a modified no trade. Yeah, but modified doesn't mean you need to be protected. Oh really? Yeah. Okay. No. Oh, so I'm off then. But um, no moving clause means it, protection. It's no, yeah, no move. So, but like he, I, guys, I just looked. <laughs> I'm starting because I just looked. Do you know how much Ben Sherratt's time on ice was in the playoffs? I just looked and I honestly can't believe it. Twenty-two minutes. Twenty-five. Twenty-five minutes wow. a game. Yeah. It's okay, that that makes sense because they did basically roll four defensemen for. 90% of the game. Sorry, I just literally yeah. was in shock. It's crazy. That. Yeah. So that that makes you think that makes you wonder if they'll go 4 and 4. They might go 4 and 4. Cuz they don't really like uh, honestly they don't have like most of their guys are UFAs. Their RFAs they don't really have to protect other than I think unless they like Lekin in a lot. They do, I think. So he would be a guy you'd have to protect. It, would they have to protect Kokinemi? Yes. They would have to protect Kokinemi. That's why wow. they have to go 7. They have That's to go crazy. 7. Yeah, sorry. And then sorry. another thing to talk sorry, about yes. in the offseason for them is what type of contract do you give Jesperi Kokinemi? That's got to be a bridge like What type of contract does Jesperi Kokinemi want to That's, sign? That's the does thing. he even it's want to sign? That's the question. Or does he ask teams to come There's along and offer sheet? So him? many questions with this team. Really there is. And then the whole thing that we've always talked about is they've always wanted to make a splash in free agency. They ran on Tavares. They offer sheeted Sebastian Ajo. I know they've been interested in Taylor Hall in the past. He's available again. Do they take a big shot? And also, Do they go after a Landeskog, a Dougie Hamilton? On top of that, Jake Allen needs to be exposed. He will be exposed. Yeah. So, so maybe maybe that's who they'll lose. Maybe but Seattle wow. takes a look at him. They, they, Seattle has a ben lot Chirot. to pick from here, honestly. Because even like if you take Ben Sherratt at three and a half and flip him at the deadline, mm. retain half, you, don't, you could get a... a Probably a good prospect, yeah. second round pick for that. You could flip him immediately and get a good, yeah. good, get a good pick. Like that's that was like we'll get into this later. That was the Vegas model of basically flipping D. It's interesting for them, but 
it's going to be interesting because, like, like you, you, I want to touch on something you said earlier. They, if they ch- choose to turn over the roster, they have to be very, very careful with the contracts they sign. Yeah. Because Nick Suzuki and Cole Caulfield are, you're going to have to pay them over the next two years. You're going to have to si- resign them, and they're going to, they're going, they're big tickets. I, if I'm Nick Suzuki, I want big. No, I want. I look at Matthews. I say I want close to like not whoa, Matthews. Whoa, Matthews, dude. What? I want like six. Like, <laughs> it's going to depend on what to. To Chuck makes this year, maybe, maybe that's better, but I I want Brady like Kachuk. Yes. Mm. No. Mm. Maybe I don't like. No, he can make more than the, Brady if he has a good year. Hundred percent. Six to eight. Depending I, on yeah, the year. Yeah. Day. Oh wow, he had a forty-one and fifty-six this year. He's no, he's, a, he's almost Matthews. A, like that's I I was I, I want I want less than I want a little less than my Matthews. I want I less don't, than Matthews. Yes, yeah. he's not touching like ten million. He's not touching ten mil, but he's going to be in the next range below six to eight. I think. I understand your point is that don't like as even though you made the Cup final, don't let this last like month and a half run like take you off course kind of thing. Like don't yes. go crazy yeah. signing like thirty three year olds. Yes, thirty like thirty year olds. Shout out San Jose Sharks. Exactly. Don't don't give guys like crazy contracts that you don't yeah. know are really good. Like Atlantis Cog, I wouldn't worry about. He's a good player. Dougie Hamilton, I wouldn't worry about. Like, But there's some guys that you may fall into a trap. Like, who knows? So it's going to be your interesting. point, what Suzuki would make, Anthony Sorelli's currently on a 4.8 bridge until 22-23, and he had similar-ish numbers to what, mm-hmm. over his first two years, to what I don't think he Suzuki. was close points per game to Suzuki Sorelli. 39-82 and 82 and then 44-68. and 68 Yeah, that's not. In there. That's not. And you're, and you're also adding a year for the 44-68, and 68, so we'll see what Suzuki does next year, right? Yeah. Well, Suzuki has two years, and that's but, two years for Sorelli. Oh, it would be next no, year as well. It would well. be next okay, year. Yeah. Basically, yeah. my point is RFAs now want to get paid a lot. Like, not a lot, but they want to get paid. No, they want to get they're paid. they're still pushing for bridge deals, less money. I don't know. Wait we'll till see. that cap number goes up a but little you could, bit more. You could do it, though. You could. What's the argument against getting paid? Yeah, if no, you, you hold could, out. You can like, get paid. If Kel yeah. McCarr says, I want $12 million, what's the argument against it? The, the cap can go up in two years. You're probably not making much more than $12 million. It's an insane yeah. amount. Yeah. Yeah, will the team do twelve though? I don't know. We'll see. I mean, you could, you have the power though, as we've seen before. Yeah, yeah. That's where I think Nick Suzuki, like Suzuki's in that perfect range. The cap's going to be flat for next year, and but then they don't have to that, sign him till the year after that. So that's why then the year like, after that we see where the cap. I mean, he has that perfect kind of vision of where the, where's the cap yeah, going to end he'll up. Be, he'll have because more it of will clear. go up. Yeah. So, it, but but if I, if I see if I'm Nick Suzuki, I see the cap going up. I'm his age, and I say I want more. The cap's going up. Yeah, for yeah. sure. Yeah. Okay, so yeah, that's true. Nick Suzuki will be looking long term, yeah. I think. No, but that's not. But, but still, sense. it's not like they should sign. That's good. Sign yes. that guy. Yeah, really sign that guy. But, uh, but again, back to my point is just be careful. Like you got to be wary with who you're signing in free agency. You because can't tie yourself I, up too much. Yeah. You already have a lot, a lot of money tied up. Mm-hmm. You only have seven forwards signed, and a lot of those guys are signed. Yeah. Uh, for over two years. Well, like how about, I'd be how, careful signing Ben Sherratt this yeah, summer to agree. an extension. Yes, of course. Four yeah. mil per. Yeah. Right. Well, th- talk about this. They got Gallagher at six and a half until 26, 27. Yeah. And he really looked like he was starting to break down in this playoff run. Yeah. And then again, I hope he comes through yeah, for them because he's only 27. But you got Josh Anderson at five and a half till 26, 27. So you got about, what is that, $12 million right there. With those two second line wingers that's, going that's, forward, that's like, crazy. That right, like yeah. I, I know it was just signed and it's different, but it's crazy that Ryan Nugent Hopkins makes less than Josh Anderson. 
And pretty much it is this, the like literally the exact same deal. Like yeah. just and one less New year. Jim Hopkins is better. And yeah, that's that's yeah, that's where yeah. I'm coming from. He's significantly better. So we'll yeah. see. Again, it's gonna be very interesting. Bergman always seems to have like that little that gumption. He's not afraid. He's yes. never been I, afraid. That's, I, that, yeah. I, I love Bergman be, simply because of that. Exactly. Like he's not afraid to take risks and sometimes they work, sometimes they don't. And I've been critical of his moves in the past. I've been wrong and I've been critical and been sometimes right. He's, he's, but he, he's never afraid to, to, to be aggressive, which I love in an NHL GM because it gives us more stuff to talk about. And I have <laughs> a, I have a rat race question about Montreal. I'm going to save, save it, to the save end. it for the end. So, I think that goes through. I mean, that was pretty good. Both teams are very, very up in the air. Yeah, yeah. it's going to be a very I, interesting off season. Yeah, I think Montreal's more up in the air than people realize, right? Yeah, like, they only yeah. have seven forwards signed. I know, I know. They and have they're going to lose yeah. whatever somebody to the expansion too. Like it's going to possibly, be. or they lose a goalie yeah. or whatever, right? Fourteen mil goes easy, like very fast when you need to sign yeah, six that's more players true as well, right? That's true. Yeah. So we'll see. So. The one other point I had here, is there anything that teams will try to replicate from Tampa Bay uh, the past two seasons? Do you want the witty answer or the real answer? The witty. Put your best player on long-term IR and go 18 mil over the cap? Yep. No, I think I think what Tampa's done well is they've been able to insulate their entire team, right? There's no weakness on that team. Yeah. If there's a weak spot, it's, you know, it's, I hate to use, but it's insulated by somebody else, right? You know? That third line is that's a first line on other teams, but let's say it's Barkley Goudreau with Ross Colton and Pat Maroon. That's not as good of a third line anymore, right? Even the fourth line, okay. Again, Pat Maroon, no offense to him, is probably not the Pat Maroon of two years ago. Obviously, he still brings something, but again, you have Tyler Johnson on that fourth he line. He stunk this year. He was terrible. Who, Pat Maroon? Oh, yeah, yeah, he was. But again, you have Tyler Johnson on that fourth line. There's no hole in that roster. It's again, some of that has to do with being 18 million over the cap. But good for them. And the other thing is, you know what? Size doesn't meet everything, guys. Like, there's a lot of good small guys on this team who work their ass off and get pucks, puck retrieval, you know, throw the body, do everything. So Yeah, but I... Flip it on that point right there. You made a good point about their defense. Yes, I was about to say that. Yeah, like, I I don't think people are going to take that narrative away because just GMs refuse to believe that small guys can, can win them games. (laughs) <laughs> no, but that, that that's something I think will pro- that you know what I glossed over that I think you're right I'm gonna rewind Rekindle, yeah this the Rekindle. length on D for Tampa yes was, you kind of saw that with Vegas to Montreal you can have like a obviously you have Kale McCarr mm-hmm. you have Morgan Riley maybe but I think when you have four defensemen who play 20 minutes at least that all are like six three with like massive reach, l- yeah. reaches with a massive stick like takes up a lot of room especially in the playoffs yeah and and i've I've been like doing a little bit more research about defense and trying to like understand like how how like players uh grow like uh, over time what happens to them in the defensive zone uh like more so this is happening with Duncan keith but i've noticed that like the the usually the smaller speed guys like they rely on their foot speed movement to gap close but if you're a bigger taller lankier like if you're a zidane chara you 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 don't have to gap close. Yeah. You stand there, and you that that's your gap closer. So maybe those guys age a little bit better than the 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 the, the transitional. Kirk, yeah, yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I could yeah. see that. So uh, yeah, that was just a little thought came in my head. But I I think that this maybe we'll see it in the draft because I've been list, I've been looking into a lot of draft content, and there's there's a lot of good defensemen, and I, I wonder if we'll see the. Uh, uh, 
that's kind of mentality you're of gonna like see big two, lanky. You're going to see two of them go pretty pretty high. early. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Brant yeah. Clark's a sizable human, so is Owen, Owen Power. Yeah. Those I, guys probably those are both, both going to go top they're five. They're very good defensemen. Yeah, yeah. Like those, I could see a team like becoming like I don't know, taking them in and playing them a lot of minutes. Like, could those guys go one two quick? No. No, okay. No, I don't think Brant Clark's being considered in that top sort of okay. three right now. I, I I've seen a lot of love to Matty Beneers. So, so I, Audit, yeah. uh, Owen Power, Matty Beneers, William Eklund. I think that's his name. I don't know yeah, if William Eklund will go as high as the Twitter people think. Yeah, really, he's a very good player. I, I really, really, really like. like by him. the way, Craig Button, who again, we don't. I'm not going to knock anyone. He has Power Clark one two. Power Clark. He's probably the two. only one I've seen that had interesting. That. I really like. Brant Clark, I think he's a fantastic defenseman. If I were, I mean, just off the top, I haven't watched enough, but like to me, he looks like a top five talent. Just the, his poise on the ice, from what I saw in his 16 year old year in the OHL, the poise that he has on the ice, his ability to move the puck is fantastic. Maybe he's not the fleetest of foot on that first step, but he's still a decent skater, especially for that size. I mean, is Victor Hemman the, the quickest on that first step either? No. no, not really. I don't think there's any six foot four defenseman in the league that that is. But I mean, I think Brand Clark's gonna be a fantastic player. Sorry, we went off the rails here. A bit, yeah, but but th- that's uh, we so uh, we're, we're thinking that we they stick with about? the trend. The, the trends longer defensemen. Yeah, yeah for and sure. I think that that could be a trend. I'll, Maybe I'll, it's longer defensemen, smaller. Like competitive, forwards. gritty forwards, and in your bottom six, maybe. maybe we'll see those guys get valued in the upcoming free agency because usually yeah. that's where it's reflected, right? You see, mm-hmm. the, you know what? You know, we when, just need one team to win with smaller defensemen. Yeah, <laughs> that's all we freaking need. Come on, Colorado, you could do it. Well, Pittsburgh going with no defense, but that's so. Yeah, story. that's a different story. Uh, Ron Hainsey. Yeah, it's again, it's hard to you know replicate Tampa, like build a perfect team. How do yeah. you replicate that? You can't. Right? Like, you can't. It's a Go dynasty. 18 million over the cap. Yeah. yeah. But it really, truly, you just got to, the, the real answer is draft well, develop well, keep your young guys in house with good contracts and don't sign any old guys to bad yeah. contracts. Yeah. That's, that's really what you got to do yeah. to keep and a sustainable model. I, I, I was watching some, NA, uh, some Twitter videos posted by the NHL and uh, John Cooper, I think it was before game four, game, four, game five, I'm not sure. Um, but they showed a little behind the scenes of him and uh, they have three things, and the first thing on that list, and I think this is an organization thing, process over outcome, process over yeah. outcome, and that, that's is, uh, something you got to stick to, and that's drafting well, developing well, and just sticking to that process mm-hmm. regardless of the outcome. But it's interesting to go by it based off of what you said, um, like not keeping – like making those tough decisions, especially with those older players. Look at what Tampa Bay did in 2013. They bought out their captain – the guy that brought them glory, that wasn't even playing that bad, that went out and got a $4.5 million contract in Vincent LeCavalier. He's still at the rinks right now. How about trading Marty? Yeah. They had to trade. Well, Marty St. Louis kind of forced his way out there, and he was at the end of his career. But they still had to do it, though. Like, it happened. Yeah. And they brought in Ryan Callahan, who was pretty decent for them. They had to buy him out, too, didn't they? uh, LTIR, I think they traded him to Ottawa. Another day. Tough move. He was a... He was a guy. Yeah. I don't know. It's, no, it's it, not tough. He wasn't playing anymore. Well, they just it, sent him to Ottawa. No, he was playing the year before. <laughs> he was out, though. He never played a game for Ottawa. No, I know that, but... But... Um, I'm just saying. Additionally, on top of that, like when you look at New York, when they made the cup final, what did they do before that? They had a big, big contract in Scott Gomez that they traded, luckily, to Montreal. <laughs> Montreal got the worst brunt of that contract, and who did they get back in that trade, I believe? 
I'm 90% sure it was Ryan McDonough. It was Ryan McDonough, yes. It was. I, I remember looking How this up. How crazy is that? Like, <laughs> just Sorry, good decision-making like, like that will... That potentially I'm lost them this cup. Right yeah. <laughs> no, it was. It was. You're right. I wasn't sure where Chris you were going Higgins, with that. The ripple effect. Doug Yannick, Chris Higgins, some random guy, and Ryan McDonough. And Montreal got Scott Gomez, who put up 59 points, but then 38-11. Didn't score for like three years or freaking yeah. whatever. So it's, an, it's, it's interesting. There's no one way to build the team. Yep. I mean, I, I like to ask this question. In the second round of the playoffs, how do you build a championship It would be team? the Colorado model. That's it what they would Colorado, have said. It yeah. could be Tampa Bay. It could be Vegas. Yeah. Any one of those would be an acceptable pick. But now we're th- looking at it at the end, Stanley Cup Finals, at the end of the Stanley Cup Finals at almost 1 a.m. How do you build a perfect team? And obviously, we're going to look at Tampa Bay. And yeah, but there's different ways to skin a cat, right? Ew. So. Yeah, shut up, Peter. Um, <laughs> no, <sorry. laughs> but you're right. Second round, about a month ago. Everyone was all over the Colorado model. It's a yeah. Colorado model. Yeah. What is that? I don't know. Yeah, it's, but it, I think just, again, what you said, process over results. Follow a, a good process, you'll probably be okay. Yeah, stick to a plan. Have a plan first, then stick to it. <laughs> I can't stop laughing. He's opening another beer. Oh, Nikita Kucherov, what a legend. Oh, my God, he has four beers. Oh, my God, he has a, what is that, a champagne. bottle of rum? Oh, champagne. I can't do this. He just what made, a good they made him sit out a whole year. He's like, I'm celebrating, boys. Like, oh yeah. They should be Dude, allowed to drink travel. during more press conferences with the questions that some of these reporters ask. Hundred percent, hundred percent. All right. I mean, in terms of, I mean, this is kind of a, a post uh, like end of season morning. What are we at? One hour. One hour exactly. Right now. One hour. One minute. All right. Let's get into some rat race. Yeah, sounds yeah. good. You have Let's some questions? It. I got yeah. one. And it's going to bounce right off what we've been talking about, which I like. So this is going to be, listen to this carefully. Tampa Bay will have to replace at least three top nine forwards this year. So take out Ross Colton, Tyler Johnson, Pat Maroon. They'll have to replace at least three top nine forwards this offseason. Well, for sure, Goudreau. Okay. For sure, Blake Coleman, okay. obviously. If you don't consider... Tyler Tyler Johnson, so that one's for sure out of the question. On top of that, so you're thinking Kalorn. Could he be on the chopping block? Maybe. Could uh, Steven Stamkos be on the Mm. chopping block? (laughs) Um, I'll go yeah. Yeah? I think think so. So so wait, what's the question? Do they replace? Will they have to replace? Oh, will they? Will they? Well, yeah. Uh, Yeah, because does Goudreau count? Yeah. Yeah, so yeah, of course, yes. I think it's on. I think Andre Palat is going to be the guy who goes. Wow, interesting. He only has one year left on his deal. I don't think he'll, unless he wa- unless unless they have like something in place where he comes back at a cheaper cheaper number. So it's going to be his decision to make. But he's a, he's a guy on a one year deal. It's just a very movable contract. I think the one of the more movable ones of all of them. And it's going to be interesting to see because I don't think anyone will want to tell, help Tampa. But I, I it's like I, I know that's like kind of like a. I know it's the rat race. I know oh, that's a, what that's what they did with Tyler Johnson. Exactly, though. They, he's on waivers. They wanted to give a second with him. Nobody wanted. No to one take wanted the deal. him. Yeah, which is there but another uh, player that people wanted to give a second for. Mark Andre Fleury. Yeah, yeah, and uh, but I, I wonder if James will look back at that and think, you know what? Maybe we screwed not screwed ourselves, but like maybe helping. T- like if it's gonna help us, who cares what it yeah. does for Tampa Bay? It didn't you know? hurt them to have, make them keep Tyler exactly, Johnson. exactly. So, um, yeah, I think they'll do it. Andre Pilat is my guy. 
So I'm going to say no. I almost considered saying yes because I think Steven Stamkos is sneaky on the block. I think Sergachev may be the guy they end up trading. That's interesting. Why. It's been rumored for a bit, actually. So we'll wow. see what happens there. That'd be wild. I, right. I, you think, okay, quick, quick, quick uh, response, right response. Uh, what, what, would that be before or after the expansion draft? Before, so before. they can then keep Cernak. So he, he, they'd have to do it in the next seven days. Correct. That's insane. Fireworks, baby. All right, I got another one. Wow. This one's easy. Will the Montreal Canadiens make the playoffs next season? No. No. I've, and I've been saying that since they beat the freaking. The body is still freaking warm. They just were in the Stanley Cup Dallas final. didn't even make the playoffs. Exactly. Oh, exactly. Okay. I'm going to say. Which, to counter, people were criticizing. Oh, Kucherov didn't play this whole year. He was on LTIR. You know who else was on LTIR? Tyler Sagan. Tyler, Sa- Tyler Sagan. Yeah. The, the owner was struggling financially more in Dallas, so he wasn't going to go out and spend $200 billion on his hockey team. But. I mean, they didn't even ma- end up making the playoffs. No, Tampa. And they had a good team this year, too. It was not a bad team, but they not suffered for not having Sagan. And yeah. no Ben Bishop. Yeah. And and a few injuries. Had to roll with well, a 20-year-old goaltender. And Rupe Hintz. Like yeah, yeah, you got to wonder what's what's up with him. Hopefully, you can straight, like play a full season. So, yeah. is that a th- uh, unanimous no from all of us? That yeah. means they're guaranteed no, they're making not. the playoffs. 100%. 100%. The yeah. yeah. Dave Pelagi has been telling me for weeks now they're not going to make the playoffs yeah. next year. That was yeah, that that's um, been my thing throughout this playoffs is enjoy the run. I've been saying to all my He forced me into making a fans. couple dumb guy be- uh, bets in terms of um, he was telling me uh, what's it called? What was he telling me? Oh, let's pick against uh, Montreal this game, like without even looking at the numbers or whoever they were playing. And his reasoning being Montreal sucks and I hate this. <laughs> it's fair. a good reason, though, to be fair. All right. I got one more. Yeah. I'm not sure how to frame this, but let's 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 just do it simple. Philip Deneau over under five million average annual value. On under. Over under Philip Deneau. I think under. You think under? Under five and a half, you said? No, five. Five, five exactly. Under. Really? Okay. Yeah. What did you say, Jason? Under. Under. Wow. Yeah. Okay. Just because uh, with all, all, all the signings so far. Yeah. That, I, I mean, I think it's going to be right around that number. I was almost going to frame it with five years, five million, like to give you an exact, yeah. but it's hard to then say over, under on the years. years well, yeah. I think, okay. I'm going to say actually over. Interesting. I think there's a chance he goes back to Montreal on like a shorter deal. Fair. Okay, cool. But we'll see. Like maybe a 5.5 for three years. Yeah. I don't know. He turned down five at the beginning of the year. You get 5.5 for three years. And then you can resign when the cap goes up. You'll only be 31. Interesting. But we'll see. I still say under. I say four, four, seven. Okay. On a longer term, like a five, six year? Five year. Okay, I can see that. All right, cool. Something uh, those were my three rat race. I yeah. wanted to All contribute right. this year, real quick this, off the top week. of your head, like no hesitation. Where's Vladimir Tarasenko next year? The New York Islanders, Toronto, please, dude. <laughs> Rangers, I don't know. I, I, I honestly don't, don't like I, I haven't. Rangers, Boston, the, the reason I, I say the Islanders, by the way, quick is because I think they have enough similar matchable contract where they can like. St. Louis doesn't have to really hurt their team. And they could just kind of almost do a little swap for a l- lower cap number player. Is that a Josh Bailey, a Jordan Everly? I don't know the exact player, but I think that kind of makes sense. for Because St. Louis doesn't want to drop off too much, right? Yeah. So that's but, what I'm thinking a hockey deal with the Islanders. They don't so, want to drop off at all. Exactly. Competitive. The, the, I'm just going to explain my my uh, pick there. So the, uh, 
Okay, I just won't explain it. No, then. explain it. Sorry. Well, no, just... this is like the this screams like if you want to do what Tampa Bay just did, this is the player to do it with. He's which player like is like Tarasenko that Tampa Bay has in terms Kuch- of how they Kucherov in that. Oh, you Kucherov, want an LTIR? Kucherov's not yes. fat. <laughs> oh, you're saying you want an LTIR? That's the purpose. Yes, that 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 would be the purpose because his his biggest <laughs> issue is that he hasn't played up to his standards <laughs> since he's been hurt. Well, he's got a so no maybe. move though. That's the problem. So, so good luck on that. On what? Convincing to, to come to Toronto to then you're not playing all year. I well, it, rest up. Here? You play in the playoffs. Who's his buddy here? Ilya Mikheyev. I don't like, know. If he's going, I, I I honestly didn't read it into it. All I read was that he was not happy with how they handled their, his injury situation. So, if you want a team of good physicians and good doctors and a team that will kind of let you do whatever you want, yeah, I'm sure the, that's what the Russians LT. are really <laughs> looking for is good doctors. I don't know. I get what you mean. It. You want to be creative. Okay, so how about how about this Washington Capitals? Yeah, I like that. Maybe they swap Kuz- for uh, Kuznetsov. Like that. That's a very oh, creative. Wow. That was a see. That's a ten out of ten answer. That is a really. Creative. I like. The I want, I'm a homer. The Leave me alone. You're dying to get an LTIR guy for the Leafs. I know that, <laughs> but that is a very, very good, good like example. It makes there. sense for both. Will them. the Russian mob be upset for swapping a Russian for a Russian? <laughs> well, especially because St. Louis, like, they don't have the strongest center depth right now, right? Like. I don't know oh, off the top of my head. Question. I have to take a look at that. I actually have no idea. Well, so. I, they're losing Schwartz. Is, is, is he play center? Yeah, he's, he's a, a winger. winger. Well, they're losing. Well, Bozak is a center. I don't know how strong he's he stinks, considered Bozak. So but who cares? Comes back to the least. Sorry. No. <laughs> yeah. Sorry. That's just, that was that's a good question though. But I don't know. Did we even talk about Tarasenko? So yeah, quick recap. Tarasenko. So uh, the athletic article kind of came out like in a weird time. Like first intermission was from I believe his name's Jeremy Rutherford, who's the St. Louis beat writer. Does a yeah. really good job. Basically saying Tarasenko's requested a trade, like formally requested a trade. No, this is not a rumor. It's happened. They've been trying to shop him for a little bit now. He was not happy with the way that the St. Louis um, medical staff dealt with his shoulder injuries that have been lingering for two seasons now. I think it was also lingering on that cup run a little bit. And then the, like the last two seasons, he's not looked himself. I don't think he also, played. he wasn't happy about not being named captain from what I heard. So oh, okay. Could, I, I could, didn't, I didn't. That could one. be another thing. I think thing it's that. just the straw that broke the camel's back. So, yeah. So, thing. so, and more specifically, he was not also not happy with how the surgeries were performed. Yes. They were performed by the blues physicians so, as well. And feels there's no trust left between him and the organization. It said two of three. Does that mean he has one more surgery to have, or he's had three surgeries and two of them were yeah, performed by the two physician? Two of them were performed by the physician. Okay. Sorry. I misread that. So, so yeah. hey, this happens sometimes, though. You know, he, he's been there a long time. He won a cup there and maybe just. Just ran its course. Yeah, yeah. But it'll be interesting. Is this one of those deals where, where they'll get like a good asset back or will the cap number kind of ref- like, re- like take a little bit of that value away mm-hmm. from the player? I don't know. We'll see. Holy, I just made the connection. But going back to Jason's point, wasn't there another quality player that wasn't happy with his team's physicians that ended up north of the, the border? Which specific? I mean, NBA. Oh, wow. Oh, Kawhi Leonard, yeah. Jeez. That's that guy. Like that's that. That's why it popped uh, in my head. I like that. Not quite there, but yeah. I like tweet the, that later. Yeah. Um. I don't know when though, or how <laughs> to word that. But can I? Can I? Can I squeeze in some rat races? Yeah. yeah. Do you um, have more or No, okay. that's it. Quickly, who's your con Smythe? Vasilevsky. It's Vasilevsky. Kucherov. Nine thirty-five save percentage yeah. in the playoffs. Five shutouts in series clinching games, going back to Dallas last year. I know that one doesn't count. Let's just call it four. Like. The team's great, but man, they have the best goal in the world. Yeah. It helps. Yeah. Yeah. It's not bad at all. Can't say can't zag. say don't Everyone's draft seeking. goalies in the first round anymore. <laughs> yeah. But who's your best team? My last last one that I just remembered. 
Who's your best team not in the Stanley Cup Finals in these playoffs? So it's Toronto. The <laughs> I th- I Honestly, think, though, who? Yeah. Like, New York or, Islanders. Yeah, okay, that's fair. I, I'm I'd power rank them third. Because you know what? Honestly, I don't know. Like, you want to say Vegas. They were so bad in that series yeah. against they, Montreal. No, they don't deserve any recognition. The Vegas Golden Frauds. I hated watching them play against Montreal. I'll, I'll, honestly, game I'll, one. I'll say still Terrible. Colorado. I think they ran into a little bit of a tough stylistic matchup that they couldn't recover from against Vegas. Other than no that, Kadri. Yeah, that didn't no, that, that, yeah. Again, no Kadri. Yeah, I'll on, say Colorado. The only the only reason why I'm hesitant to pick one of those two teams is it's kind of tough when you play it in the easiest division all year. We don't really know how they stack up against uh, the rest of the competition. Sorry, that that's like partially just me making the yeah, – giving the jabs true, against the Canadian division because everyone's saying that about, about the Canadian division. Their division was horrendous. Um <laughs> But uh, on, and Vegas only played well against the bad teams. Yeah, and and but like, okay, even though I just said that, I think Vegas is the best team right now because they have because no they have they because they don't they have no centers. <laughs> no, because they don't have to move anyone, and they have, their team is yeah, pretty much locked up. They don't no, they don't so have to, they're not expansion. They they're don't got over do the cap. Though. I don't no, think no, they're, they're, they're under the cap. They're not. They're under the cap by six million. Who they, do they have to resign? Li- literally no they one. They just lose have Alec Martinez. 11 forwards and five defensemen. No, so they just they lose Alec Martinez. Yeah, they lose Alec Martinez, so they have one defenseman to sign and one forward to sign. Yeah. For $6 million, wow. you can replace that. Interesting. Yep. All right. So I think they're like the best built right now. Because they can't add, though. That's, all that's Yes, that's that's true. But like I'm doing that based off right now. So yeah. uh, I'm, I'm going to throw in two more. Sorry. <laughs> I'm, I'm extending a bit. Uh, what's... what's uh, uh, what what is Tyler Johnson's value right now? Will will, will Tampa Bay be able to trade him for picks, or will no. they have to give? No, no. Okay, easy. You get zero, or you have to negative to get rid of him. Sounds yeah, good. Hundred percent. Okay, so then last one is: is this the best team we'll ever see in the salary cap era? Tampa Bay Lightning. Uh, this is the best team we have seen. How about that? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I agree. I'm gonna so say far. no because who knows what the future holds. That's true. Going back to that Tyler Johnson point real quick, uh, I don't think he has any value or any trade value right now. However, I think he could bring something. He could bring a lot to a team like Detroit yeah. right now that has nothing. But however, why would Detroit need that right now? They're the problem is he, it's, he, makes, he still has three years left on his deal. Like, Five mil. It's not good. No, not at all. All right. I think we beat the hell out of this. I have a quick uh, thing I read I want to – just a fun – I don't. I won't call it a not Twitty. A twitty it's, it's more of like an opinion. So. This athletic article is talking about like the five big fish to be traded this offseason, yep. right? So it's Eichel, I think it's Johnny Goudreau, it's Kuznetsov, and we got Seth Jones in here as well, right? Seth Jones is a much maligned player, I would say. He do- definitely did not have a good year this year, and there's some legitimate yep. conversation of, about how good he actually is. So Scott Burnside from The Athletic was talking about um, – the possibility of where he could get traded to. He brought up Colorado. I want to hear your reaction on this potential deal with Colorado where he said, do you think the Blue Jackets will, is this enough to get the deal done for Colorado? A first round pick, another mid round pick, Alex Newhook and Samuel Gerard for Seth Jones. He said, is that enough from Colorado to get are, Seth Jones. Are you are, on drugs? Are they getting Patrick Laine? I'll say Jack this. Well? I think this is a agreed upon opinion in this room. I'm not saying he's a better defenseman, but this year, Sam Gerard was 100%, 100% a better defenseman than 100%. Seth Jones. 100%. And so you're adding Alex a first Newhook round hit. Alex Newhook is a hell of a prospect. And like a legitimate top 10 
across the league prospect in Alex Newhook. So that is they that's got him for a steal. The, the like, perception of Seth Jones in the like hockey guy media versus like kind of the more I, I don't want to say educated, but like guys who actually follow the numbers and stuff. We got a wide gap here, guys. It's going to be very interesting to see that what happens with this deal. So I, I I wonder where they got that from because Joe Sakic is like and and Colorado they like to rely on on analytics to build that's how they kind of built this team. They like to I don't know if that's they had they do it's have a, a speculation. I, uh, I don't yeah, know. I, I don't know. I, anytime, because, yeah. Sorry, everything I've heard is that he, is that the enough to get the, the deal done? Yeah, I know. Oh my god! I would hope they'd get like a myriad of stuff. The back. reason that people talk about Denver is because that's where his dad played, and I think he grew up in that uh, area. Did, yeah. That's why the Colorado Popeye thing. Jones played for the Nuggets. Yeah. So that's oh, why okay. they like to connect those two. Interesting. Yeah. No, there's no shot. I don't think they make. That I think deal. It, there's probably a good chance he goes to Philadelphia. Mostly a futures deal, I would what I would predict. Sure. We'll see. Interesting. So I just wanted to add that wow. in there. Interesting tip. So, so you don't think that's enough for Colorado? They got to add more? Yeah, more. And uh, Nazem Kadri and Nathan McKinnon on top of that. Oh, yeah. Oh, my God. We'll get into more Seth Jones. They, we have a lot of off-season stuff coming up. Next episodes will be about the expansion draft. We got confirmation that we got a nice draft guy that we've been following for a long time. He will be on the show. Can we reveal uh, confirming or no? His name no. is Will Scouting. Yeah. Hey. He will be on the awesome show. Guy. We got to figure hammer down a date. Probably will release it the day after the draft. And for me personally, I, this is like the least educated I've been about the NHL draft due to like COVID and no OHL season. Exactly. So it'll be good to have a. This, this guy's guy a legit grinding. expert. He tra- I've yeah, followed he him since he's had less than hours. like 500 followers. He's yeah. terrific. Yeah. He's, he tracks players himself manually. You'll get tweets from this guy. He's like, yeah, I'm watching Poland versus Kazakhstan <laughs> World Championships Division 2 because this guy, 2017, this guy was tweeting about Marco Rossi yep. because wow. of the World Junior Championship Division division two tournament that was going on like just puts in the work and actually knows his stuff so excited to have him come on thank you everyone for listening it's been a hell of an interesting season hopefully we don't have to deal with anything like this ever again and take care go leaves go